Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Good morning, everyone. God is good. And uh, Jesus is Lord of all. Uh, it's, it's really wonderful to see you. Um, it really is. <laughs> I've just taken a moment. Just trying to get used to again after two years of... Uh, coming out. We were just in Southport in March, had a wonderful time with the church there, and that was the first time in two years that we had been out to be with another community of people, and you think, how do you follow Southport? Well, living rock. (laughs) But uh, it really is, it means more to us than we can say, and that's not to butter you up, but it's better than telling you Something nasty, isn't it? <laughs> just in fact, as we were driving up this morning, it was a beautiful morning, and uh, just knowing that we're coming among friends yes. and appreciating more than ever friendship yes. and just to see faces, old friends, and just to see that the Lord has been doing great things for Mike and Lauren. That's just best piece of news I, I, I've, one of the best pieces of news I've heard this year it's just amazing um, would you turn in your Bibles please we're going to read a scripture and explain what we're going to do <clears throat> in this first session I'll share some things and then in the second session I'll share a little bit more and then Diane's going to join me and we're going to sit together and she's going to put me right on everything that I've said <laughs> Uh, we, we just break it up and have a little bit of practical uh, chatting. And then tomorrow, uh, when we come together, Diane will begin by looking at a, a story in the New Testament where Jesus is surprised by a man's faith. It must be something special if you can surprise Jesus. And then we'll look at some other practical outworkings. So that's what we're going to do. Is that Okay. Well, that's what we're doing anyway. <laughs> uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And our conference is entitled, The Greatest Things. Not the greatest thing. The greatest things. And it's just verse 13. Paul says, now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Paul mentions three great things. Three of the greatest things. They're all great. Faith is great. Hope is great. And love is great. Of course, the context to Corinth is that they were a people who did not excel in love at all. They were a community who were tearing themselves apart. And that's the context we have to understand. Paul says, don't you realize you have three great things, but the greatest one you have, you don't have. And the word says that the greatest of these three great things is love. And, of course, over recent times, lots of time to think, ponder. And I've asked questions of this 
scripture, ask the questions of the Lord, say, why? Lord, why is love the greatest of these? Why is love the greatest? Good question to ask. And I've come to a conclusion, this may not be the full conclusion, but for me right now, and an experience. I believe that love is the greatest of these three because love creates an environment for faith and hope to thrive. Isn't it true? Love creates an environment for faith and hope to thrive. Love makes faith and hope prosper. Because 1 John chapter 4 verse 18 says, there's no fear in love. Because perfect love casts out fear. And I'm sure experience will tell us that fear is the deadly enemy of faith. And the killer of hope. So we are not here to instill fear at all. So relax, put your feet up, have a cup of coffee. There's no fear in this house. Faith and hope prosper in a community of love. Now let me tell you something about you. Living Rock and the regions beyond. You are a people who excel in love. Accept that fact. Don't rest on the laurel, but that's who you are. You think, oh, no. yes, you are. That's not to butter you up. But you are a people who excel in love. You have a worldwide reputation for that. And it's well deserved. Okay? Now, I can tell you that because you're not arrogant, you're thinking. But that's true, isn't it? Well, it is true. It is true. David, we talked about this the other day, and you agree. <laughs> Don't hang me out to dry now. <laughs> but you're not a people who lack in faith. You do not lack in faith and hope. You're a people of hope and faith. And that's why, as David has already said, in these two days together, we're going to concentrate on faith and hope. Because what that will do, that will help them thrive even more among a community of love. So your best days are yet to be. But these are pretty good right now. So I believe and we believe that because of our time together, and what the Lord, I understand, has said to you last night, that faith and hope will thrive even more among this community of love. So in a moment, we're going to begin by looking at hope. But first, Diane is going to come and say good morning. She's going to share a scripture and going to pray for us. Good morning. Good morning. So far, so good. Good morning. So far, so good. Um, it is really good to be with you. We were really excited when um, David asked us to come. And I think we were most excited because we felt we were coming to family. We weren't coming to strangers. We weren't coming to perform. We were coming to be part of what you're doing and just part of the family. So that was really lovely. And in the last couple of days, the Lord has quickened a scripture to me uh, for this morning. And it's just really random. And as we're driving up this morning, the sun is shining. It's a glorious day. And 
I'm going to read a little bit from Isaiah 55, and it says, as the rain and the snow, and I'm thinking, there's no rain, there's no snow, but it's a gorgeous day, but bear with me just a little bit. So um, it says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And I really felt the Holy Spirit say, all the words that are coming, whether it was last night, whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, when it finds a good soil, a good root within you, it will accomplish everything that he wants you to accomplish And this isn't just a nice conference, it isn't just a nice time to be together, but it's a time of purpose. It's a significant time to move you on into the next phase of what God wants you to do. But everything that you do and everything that you are and everything you achieve will be achieved because it's rooted in his word. It's not like a good idea, it's not just a trendy thing to do, but it's rooted in his word. So before we start, or before Roger starts, I'd just like to pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you that your word is alive and active and at work in us and through us. And I pray, Holy Spirit, as your word says, that we will accomplish everything that you have set for us to accomplish. Your word will be fulfilled in us and through us. And I pray for each of us this morning that our hearts will be open to hear those little nuggets that you have for us. Our hearts will be open to hear the next phase for us, to move us on in your plan and your purpose. And Lord, I pray that we will be hallmarked as a people, filled with love, filled with hope, filled with faith, a people who fulfill everything that their God desires for them. Amen. 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 Thanks, Pat. We're going to talk about faith and hope over these couple of days, but we're going to begin by talking about hope, which I hope will become clear why, rather than dive into faith. If I can be personal, and we will share some personal things over these two days together. If there's one aspect of God that has come to mean more to me than most things, it's the fact that I serve a God of hope. And uh, just in talking with believers and friends and realizing that over this last season of our lives, it's holding on to a, a hope in God. Sadly, some have been holding on to what they thought was hope, but it wasn't. But as we're going to see, a hope in God is really the groundwork the anchor for a real genuine faith. So in this session we're just going to read some scriptures and explain what the Bible means when it talks about hope. Okay? So I hope it's good. (laughs) Jeremiah 29 verse 11. Let's, Let's let the word of God speak for itself. Let the rain and snow come down from heaven now. Familiar scriptures but let them come again to you. Let them do what Isaiah said. 
Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And sometimes we can get so familiar with scriptures that we forget their power. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. This is God speaking to you. And he says this. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. That's amazing. I know, I know the plans I have for you. He has plans. My plans are to prosper you, not to harm you. My plans are to give you hope and to give you a future. Would you like God to say that to you? He just did. Get it off the page. That is your God speaking to you. He says, James, I know the plans I have for you. I have good plans. Romans chapter 4, please. Interesting little verse, and we know the story of Abraham, and we'll come back to Abraham later. How God spoke to him and his wife, Sarah, and said, you're going to have a son. Time went by, years went by. But Romans 4 verse 18, summarizing Abraham's story, says, against all hope, there was no hope. It had gone. Because he was an old man and his wife was an old lady. There was no hope. But this kind of blows me away because it says, Abraham in hope. How can you have hope when there is none? That's where we're going. And so he became the father of many nations. Abraham in hope believes, rather. He had faith. He trusted. And so became the father of many nations, just as God had said to him. Notice that. That's going to come out for us a lot those last days. God said something. God said something. God said something. So shall your offspring be. God said something. Would you just say that with me? God said something. Romans 15, verse 13. Try not to get carried away here. Romans 15, verse 13. This is my prayer for us all. Romans 15, verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, as you have faith in him, as you believe in him, so that you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not that you will get by by the skin of your teeth, but that no matter what is happening, you will overflow with hope. Aren't they fantastic verses? Well, we better explain what the Bible means then by hope. It kind of gives away in the first scripture we looked at in Jeremiah 29 because it says, my plans are to give you hope and a future, Greg. (laughs) You have a future. 
Hope is all to do with your future. Could you say future? Now, there are two kinds of hope, and we saw that with Abraham. There's, this, there's a natural hope. It's a world's hope. That we wish for the best. We hope for the best, don't we? But this hope is often tinged, or almost always tinged, with an area or a degree of doubt, or uncertainty, or sometimes fear. Uh, we might say, well, I, I hope my team wins. But they might not. In the teams I'm supporting, I know we won't get there, Rich. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> My hope is now that they don't get slaughtered. <laughs> <laughs> How times have changed. <laughs> I hope we get the job. But I might not. I hope I get the contract. But I might not. I hope we get the house but we might not. Now, natural hope is a hope that we all have. We have that, don't we? Yeah, it's not wrong. That hope is not wrong. You think, oh, no. You know, I, I, hope, I hope I get the promotion. I hope the plane takes off and lands. <laughs> I really hope. <laughs> it's so funny. You know, I, I, I trust this man with my life. And I said, Richard wants to take me up in a plane. And Diane said, over my dead body. <laughs> See, hope only extends so far. <laughs> <Yeah>. See, <laughs> natural hope often depends on other people or on other things to make it a reality. Whether or not the team plays well. Or whether the person interviewing me thinks I'm suitable for the job. Or whether we get gazumped on the house or I don't get the contract. And so natural hope, which is not wrong, is subject to influences and circumstances beyond our control. That's why some people um, wish each other good luck or touch wood. People do that, don't they? Yes, you don't need to do that, but people do that. They have rabbit's feet, which is not very lucky for the rabbit. But people hope for the best. Okay? Now, I'm not decrying that. But that is not what we're talking about when we're talking about Bible hope. The kind of hope that Abraham had that enabled him to believe was a different hope. And the, we're just being, just trying to strip away a lot of stuff. Just let, let's just lay it out for what it really is. Bible hope is the certain, confident, unwavering expectation of good. Should I say that again? Yeah. This, is what it, this is what we're dealing with here. Bible hope is the certain, confident, unwavering expectation of good. Why is that? Simply because Bible hope is hope in God. Okay, that's what we're going to see. Our hope is in God. 
our faith is in God. We're not hoping for things. We're not faithful things. Our hope is in a person. Our faith is in a person. See, the focus of our hope isn't a circumstance or in other people. It's focused in God. Would you turn to Hebrews 11 verse 1, please? We're not going to dissect this scripture, but we're putting it first because I think in experience I've, I've, I've been guilty of this. I've tried to get people to have faith, but I've got it the wrong way around. Really, my job is to give them hope. Yeah? So you've got to have faith. Do you have hope? Yeah. We're going to be all right. Don't try to struggle to get faith. Build hope. Why? Because the Bible says this in Hebrews 11 verse 1. Faith is the reality or the substance or the legal document of what is hoped for. Okay? Hope is not poor man's faith. Let me say this. If I, I want to say this. Without hope, you can't have faith. Because faith has got to have something to hang itself on. And it hangs itself on this overriding, undergirding, the Bible calls an anchor, a hook of hope. That's why we're doing with it first. And if you leave this conference with increased hope, that's great. <laughs> if you can walk out of here today or tomorrow and thinking, do you know what? I've got hope in God for my future. Job done. <laughs> Takes all the pressure off, doesn't it? Let's go in the coconut shy. You see, hope is this hook, if you like, for your faith. It's the anchor, that Hebrews tells us, that undergirds our faith. Because you hang your faith in God on your hope in God. So for me, over the last period of my life, in my own life and in Diane's life and our family's life and our friend's life, I am concentrating on strengthening my hope because the stronger my hope in God, the stronger my faith in God. It just goes together. So faith is not hard work, as we're going to see. Faith is not hard work. You work at your faith, but faith is not a struggle and striving. Faith is as natural as breathing. That's, that's we're jumping ahead. You see, hope in God is to do with my future, your future both the imminent future and the distant future. Not just the sweet by and by, for tomorrow, for the next 10 minutes. Hoping God tells me that I have a future. It's amazing, isn't it? Because there are times in my life when I thought, do I have a future? At certain points. And God says, I have plans for you. You have a future. 
Could you just say this with me? I have a future. That's the reason why I'm getting us to say things. I have a future. Not just repeating as Simon says, there's a power in our words. Now, hoping God tells me that I have a future and a future that's good. Because hope's focus and hope's source is God. And he's a good God and he's the God of hope. See, that's not just words. That's who he really is. He is the God of hope. He's the God of my future. Now, how am I able to have hope in God? Well, God is not only the God of my past and the God of my present. He's the God of my future. Now, I don't know about you, but I spent many parts of my Christian life thanking God for what he's done. (laughs) And he's got a good track record, hasn't he? You know, he's pretty... (laughs) He hasn't let me down yet. I love that song, was it? Um, But you have never failed me yet. As if he ever is going to. It's a great song. I love that song. But he's not going to fail. So I thank God for all he's done. And I thank God for what he's doing. But I haven't to realize more and more thinking, well, hang on a second. It's not over yet. What about the future? What's about down the road? Many of our songs based on what he's done and what he's doing. Great. But let's talk about what he's got for our future. You see, God is the giver of hope. His attitude is to fill me with hope. So I'm learning, and this is a process, I'm learning to hope in God with this certain confident expectation that my future will be better than my past. Why would you want a future that is not as good as it used to be? Why would I want to have a Christian life where the glory days are past? Yeah, remember what it was? Remember 10 years ago, boys? Those days we used to have? Great. They were great. But we, we can't sit in a veranda in a rocking chair talking about the old days. Although that beard is going a little bit grey now. <laughs> More to come. That's not wishful thinking. Because if I understand that God is my, the God of hope is the God of my future, then my future is better than my past and present. Some of us need to consider that because we think the last two years we've lost, we've lost part of our life that we'll never get back. No. None of us planned the last two years, but life is not over. We're not going to play catch-up. Because God is the God of your future. That's the confident expectation that we learn to hang our faith on. And we'll see later how faith works on that. So hope is not for special occasions or crises. It works in special occasions or crises. But we live in hope... 24-7. I'm learning to live in hope all the time. Not like, 
I hope it's going to be a sunny day. No, I'm, I'm talking about the future. Especially as you get older. It's not like, oh, is my life slipping away? No, my life is not slipping away. My future is better than my past. And I've had some pretty good pasts. Had some ropey pasts too, but that's another story. See, to hope in God is to trust him at all times. In the good times. In the bad times, yes. But also in the ordinary, everyday times. It's for every moment. And even if the future brings hardship and difficulties, as it can. You know, um, I don't want to offend you, but sometimes people say, you know, life is not a bowl of cherries. Sometimes it's a bowl of toenails. (laughs) Why would anybody do that? (laughs) But we know there are times. We're not talking about this rosy, unrealistic thing. There There are times when we have to face tough times. And if the future does bring hardship and difficulties, our hope in God remains the same. It's not affected by my circumstances. Could you turn to Daniel chapter 3, please? Trust us, is helping you. And we will build on this. One of my favorite Bible stories concerns Daniel in Daniel's friends. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I can never remember the Hebrew names, I'm sorry. We were never taught them in Sunday school, I never bothered to remember them. (laughs) But you know the story, how these three men, and this is a message in all in itself, they faced death. They didn't know, they didn't know what was going to happen to them. They didn't know. We know, because we've read the story. But they were writing the story. Always remember that with Bible characters. They didn't know. And they said to Nebuchadnezzar, this king, in verse 16, I find this incredible. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, We don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing fire, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand. But notice what they say now. Faith declaration. He will save us from your hand. But, even if he doesn't, oh, no faith. Real faith. Hope. Why? We want you to know, O king, we won't serve your gods or worship the image of gold you set up. Listen, we don't know. You might well throw us in the fire. We might burn up to a crisp. But on the other side, we have a future. They didn't know that they were going to meet Jesus in the fire. And uh, and if Nebuchadnezzar hadn't called them out, they'd still be walking around in there now. (laughs) You you see, this is real hope. They face something real. Whatever happens to us, we want you to know the future is good. You can take our life. 
but we have a future. Lord, help me to live like that. So we hope in God not only for the ultimate or the distant future, but for the immediate future. For the rest of the day. For next week, next year, and the years to come. And if we die, we die in a certain hope of meeting Jesus. That's not pie in the sky and a get out clause. That really is a future. That's November. Diane's father passed away after a long battle with cancer and in the final days before he went to be with the Lord. Um, if you don't mind me saying this, he said to your mum, I think, I'm choosing heaven. Didn't he? I'm choosing heaven. What a way to go. Do you know why he chose heaven? Because the Lord said, I'm offering it to you. It is a win-win. You think, oh, that's a, what a get-out. No. That was his hope. I am going to be in heaven. That's your hope. And that's, that's not the final stage. I'm not going to sing this because Judith is in the room. <laughs> you know that song from Manny, The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow? Tomorrow, tomorrow. You know that song? <laughs> Behave yourselves, you're in church. It says the sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. Just thinking about tomorrow clears away the cobwebs and the sorrow till there's none. When I'm stuck in a day that's gray and lonely, I just stick out my chin, and I've got a chin, and grin and say, the sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> that's hope. Tomorrow. The future. So hope in God involves a confident, positive expectation of good. I can't do that for you, but that is your God. It's an unshakable conviction of a good outcome. Now this is just the basis that faith works from. It brings a peaceful certainty. It brings trust, because trust and faith and belief in the New Testament are often the same word. And the key thing, it produces a willingness to wait patiently. (laughs) Isn't that the key? Yeah, Lord, but how long? When? When? Why not now? How much longer? Do it. God says, wait patiently. Just wait I'm going to mention that later. So hope in God is linked to your faith. Because faith brings the hope of the future into the present. That's what we're going to see. Hope is your future. Faith says, now. That's how Abraham could live in the good. Even though it wasn't happening in reality, he said, I've got this hope. And his faith is saying, today. Oh, it didn't happen today. Today. It didn't happen today. (laughs) Today, it happened today, today, it happened today. (laughs) That's the attitude. It's a constant attitude. Doesn't ignore the fact of time. Faith pulls our future hope into our present. So our hope in God 
means we don't depend on things or circumstances or situations we can or can't control for our happiness and well-being. It's just having this unshakable confidence. Everything will be okay. Everything's okay. Everything's all right, yeah. God's in control. It's not fatalism. It's all right. It's okay. Yeah, it's good. It brings a peace. Hope means that you can look to the future because you have one. You have a future, however long it is. I'd like to encourage you to look to your future with unshakable confidence in the God of hope because your God is the same in your future, Ali, as he is in your past and your present. Hasn't finished with you yet, my love. He's unchanging and eternal. The great thing that I'm coming to realize is, and it was just a couple of weeks ago that I realized it's 56 years since I surrendered my life to Jesus, that the God of hope has hope for me. Times in my life when I would have given up. Times in my life when I thought, surely. He says, uh, no. God says, Roger, I knew what I was taking on. I knew. I know who I'm taking on. It wasn't an accident when you, got, when you were born. April 1966. It wasn't like when you asked me to come into your life. It wasn't like, oh, goodness me. God didn't say, what am I going to do with him now? He planned you before the foundation of the world. Do you just think he's making up it? No, he says, I have a plan for you. I have a purpose, and I'm, and I'm working it out. I know what I'm doing, and it's good. God has hope in me, and God has hope for me. So I anticipate what's to come with peace and joy and faith. Not dread and fear. I overflow with hope. One of the things that I am working on is that every person I meet, every conversation I have, I will want to leave someone with hope. I want to overflow with hope. Because when I overflow, you know, if you, you ever had an, uh, an overflowing pipe in the house? Yeah? It gets everywhere, doesn't it? Water has an incredible habit of going where it wants, especially in my bathroom. But I want to overflow with hope. So whenever I meet Steve or Mandy, I want to overflow with hope. I'm not saying, have you got hope? Have you got hope? But when I walk away from them, they just say, do you know what? That was, that was good. That was, that was good. I've, that, was, that was just good. It might be something I say or something I do, or a smile. Or a word. It's not like, I've got a word for you. I've got a word for you. I think you're not another one. <laughs> Just smiled. James Baldwin said this pessimists are people who have no hope for themselves or for others. I have hope for you. Thank you, Mike. I have hope for you. Because you saved the same God. I'm going to finish in a moment, just a few minutes. Let me 
Would you turn to Psalm 25, verse 3, please? Now, I know you have to work this out in your own situation. And some of you don't know anything about me or my wife or my life. Some of you know certain things. But the God I serve, the God of hope, is your God. And he has, he has plans for you. And he has a future for you. And it's a future that's good. It's a future that's bright. And it's not orange, as they used to say. Does that date me? Was that orange? Was that? God, are they still going? Praise the Lord. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. That's okay. It happens when you get older. Psalm 25, verse 3, I think it says this. Take this, no one whose hope is in you will ever be put to shame. Do you know what, Runa? God is not in the business of putting you to shame. You say, Lord, I put my hope in you because you're the God of hope. God doesn't say, tough. He says, yeah, that's who I really am. And you know, if you understand this, then we're going to work on faith and faith is going to be not a ride, a joy ride, but faith will, will flow naturally. One thing that I'm learning in a practical way, and just put this in for now, an important thing for me in learning that God has hope for me is this. It's, this is really profound. I'm learning for the fact God is for me thinking is that it yeah God is for me that's what the psalmist says you write my tears in your but one thing I know God is for me I want you to like me I want to be likable but I say this with great respect and it's not an excuse to be horrible or awkward but I don't care what you think about me. Understand me now. Why? There are a few things I have come to know. I can say this now. I know that God is for me. For me, that's a big thing to say. God is not against you. He's not working against you. He's not making it difficult for you. Neither is God disinterested in you. That you're just a number, make up the numbers. That you're insignificant. Some of you have been told that. Oh, you're just here, you're just, you're just one of the players. You know, that's, no. There's no substitutes in this team. No one comes off the bench. You're here because he says, I am for you. I'm for you. I'm for you. I'm for you, and I have hope for you. Isn't that wonderful? So let's just pray a moment, and then we'll take a break. (laughs) Thank you for listening. What have you heard so far? You have a future, (laughs) and it's good. You can walk away from this conference saying that. Anything else? 
He's for you. Really is for you. Anything else? Hope builds faith. You might even find right now as you're thinking before you pray, oh, do you know what? My confidence in God is growing. God really can do this. Hope is doing its work. It's just beginning to turn your mind. Let's pray a moment then. Just as we're finishing the first session, I think we're going to take a break then until midday, is it? Until just 5 to 12. 5 to 12. So just take a few moments. Just let the scriptures that we've read, the truth that you've heard, just sink into your heart. Let the Holy Spirit just do what he wants to do at this point. No fear. Last night, I understand that the Lord very strong present was strongly present. Well, that God that was strongly present last night is the God of your hope. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are the God of hope. You're the God of our future. And just like we thank you and trust you for all you've done in the past and all that you're doing right now, I thank you that you're the eternal God. And you're the God who holds our future in your hands. You're the God who has good plans. You're the God who knows what you're doing. I thank you, Father, for the bedrock of hope. Thank you for the anchor of hope. Thank you you don't ask us to hang on. Hang on and hang on. But just to confidently say, You are the God of my future and my future is good because you are good. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.